Hey, this is Max, and you're listening to The Uncommon Truth, a podcast produced by the Father's House Church of Orville, where we talk about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. The Uncommon Truth is available anywhere podcasts can be found, so make sure you subscribe, leave a rating, a review, and let us know what you think so that more people can get involved with the conversations about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. All right, well, welcome back to The Uncommon Truth. Do you guys know that it has been a year since we started this podcast? I do. Because I told you. the 18th? It, yeah, it was the 18th of October, I think, uh, I'm sorry, April, April. 2019, yeah. wow. and uh, we we dropped a few episodes right at that time, yeah. and yeah, we've come a long wow. way. I, th- I think that's the key to success in podcasting is just don't give up, because it can be <laughs> can pre- be pretty daunting week after week recording, and you did we a great talked job. a lot of Jesus. Yeah. You know, I, I looked at, I have a playlist on my iTunes account where I keep every every episode that we publish. And uh, playlists on iTunes, they show you how long, like how much music is in each playlist. It's got over a day of talking. Wow. So 24 hours. So you can, if you got a 24 hour road trip, now a 25 hour road trip after this episode, you can just keep going with the uncommon truth. The truth is a lot of people are going to want to go on road trips as soon as this coronavirus is gone, right? Doesn't that make it more common truth? Because oh. we keep talking about it. Bada bing, bada bing. Well, uh, I the more think you talk about it, the more common it becomes. I, and I like it. Yeah. Well, we do want our it to be common, common. so we we want That's people to keep spreading it. And uh, our goal. So if you're if you're listening and you haven't gone on iTunes and given us a five star review, um, or told told us what you think about the ep- uh, about the episode or or yeah. the show in general, you need to do that. If you want to yeah. give us a one star, we probably don't want you to. We had to remind. We had to. I think it was, was it you, Vicky, in the beginning? I did it for him. I gave him a one. Yeah, the, Vicky gave us our one star <laughs> because she thought one one star was better than five. Yeah, so. it's kind of, well, if you hit the That's stars Vicky. quickly, it, it doesn't, you can't go back and change it. Yeah, it's not like it's, a dial. No, right? no, you it's, just, you're, you're done. So Steve gave this a one, one star review. Thanks. Yeah. Think really hard. Well, probably not my only one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, we're starting to record with, we're, we're trying to experiment with video, maybe releasing this on, on video so we can we can say hi once and then we'll forget the cameras there. Yeah. Um, but we're going to blame our new our new table set up on Vicky. Um, set I design. Guess, yeah, we she you're a the, photographer, the right? I am. Touch. I am. I noticed I noticed uh, on yeah. the a commercial yesterday just some things like about my leg, the bigness of my leg, and photographically <laughs> speaking, what that looked like, right? Oh my! Oh my goodness! Everybody oh knows. Oh boy! Hello, so, photographs. Yeah, we need to. My uh, word. If you don't That's know what she's talking table. about, go uh, go look at our. <laughs> go look at my thigh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it. We uh, we produced a a really short. It was like, good. It, there was not much talking involved besides a clip of the episode, but Correct. it took us about forty minutes. Because because of who? Uh, I'm I no comment there. Because of who? Well, I messed up myself. The male persuasions. Vicky's chaos. No, 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 no. I just looked like an owl one time. That was it. Yeah. Anyway, you guys. That was great. Anyway, Anywho. selective memory. Whoo. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna be talking here today about how our lives are completely different. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty evident to everybody that our lives are are a lot different than they were like six or eight weeks ago that's right and we're you know we're all kind of going stir crazy not able to meet in churches not able to sit in starbucks for me um, not able to watch 
watch any sporting events. Oh right? boy. Um, and at the same time, there's a lot of people coming into churches, um, metaphorically Correct. watching churches and then believing in the message all over the world, right? Because they're people that wouldn't have gone to church except church came to them. And so there's a lot of, lot of life change going on in the last sort of eight weeks. And it got my brain spinning on what are, what are our lives supposed to look like right. as Christians? You know what I mean? Just what, what are, are we living the Christianity that we're supposed to be living? Are our lives radically different because of Jesus? And if not, why? So um, that's sort of what we're going to be covering today. Um, how should our lives change to reflect how we believe in Jesus? So you're looking at me, so I imagine I'm taking this yeah, question, correct? That's, that's the beauty of video. You can tell who I'm looking at. <laughs> so anyway, um, well, I think it, it needs to be different than the world. And the world mean <clears throat> the general population of thinking heads and, and philosophy um, and the way we just kind of determine what's important in our lives um, you know, success in the Western culture, success, family, mm-hmm. um, what you have, what you do, where you go, what you go to, what your education is. And I believe as a Christian, it's really intrinsically what Jesus says, um, reading the words of Jesus and following them and not making excuses for the really hard scriptures. Um, you know, there are some hard ones. We talked, Danielle and I talked last night about a really hard one about submission, women, wives submit your husbands. That's yeah. a tough one. Um, and so reading the words in context and endeavoring to do that and being the same on Sunday as you are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, I think that's the fault of, of the church. And I'm talking about myself as well, mm-hmm. is that, you know, it's not a place you go to as we're seeing now. It's, it's actually who you are. That's who the church is. So yeah. um, that's how I would answer that. I'm sure cool. Steve would have a different answer. Well, no? what I want to ask you, Steve, is wh- what do you see in, in general in Western Christianity? Do, do our lives resemble the radical change, maybe both in our organizations and individually, that you see in the Bible? Well, I think it's one of the concerns I've had now for some time is I don't see the radical born-again experience conversion, you know, mm-hmm. radically saved. They were one thing and then they're another and, and I don't see that uh, really on a widespread level. I think that the, the, the goal of so many different Christian outlets is to get decisions for Christ and numbers that you count. That's good. Mm-hmm. Like how big is your church or how many people responded or how many made decisions, how many hands went up. And I, I think that we have lost a little bit of our sight of transformation and i think that here your friend dies your mentor dies just absolutely unexpected tragedy Cut wrenching uh you know uh worldwide quarantine what does your life look like if you took what vicky just said if you had done that in prior before your friend died and your quarantine started if you had put your life into wanting to be a disciple of jesus and being transformed then when this happens, the only thing that changes is the landscape. Location. You know, instead of doing it here, you do it there. Instead of doing it this way, you do it that way. Yeah. But your goal is still the same every day, to love the Lord Jesus Christ by loving people, by serving. And so your service just looks different. Your, your ways look different, but you do the same things, which are whatever he said, you act upon it. And... So had you been, you know, it's not too late to go read the things of Jesus and act upon them. 
it's just a lot smoother and it has a visible look of a lot better outcome if Christians are inundated with the words of Jesus and act upon them and just change their actions, you mm -hmm. know, just change, they do it, they're doing it so here big. instead of there. Yeah. And I think that would be what I would add to that, you know, in, in, in answer to your question. I, I can't really judge everyone on earth, but it just seems like the drive to see people born again or to even preach them and teach them that the intention is that you completely change, that you were going. So repentance means I'm going this way. And then when I repent, I'm saying I'm going to go that way. Yeah. Yeah, I turn way. around mm -hmm. um, when sin is missing the mark to be born again means now I'm actually aiming at the mark. Whereas before I was just throwing arrows everywhere trying. Yeah. I actually had no no intention of hitting God's mark. Whereas repentance means I'm going to turn around and aim for God's mark. It's not good. always hitting it perfectly, but I'm aiming and I'm intending. I don't think that's really the goal any longer to teach young Christians or new Christians. It's mostly to teach them God loves you no matter what happens and God loves you no matter who you are or what you do. And I, you know, I think that's a wonderful message. It's just not the message that's going to see you through tragedy. It's not the message that's going to keep you believing when you don't get everything you want house on the rock um it's not going to be the the message that survives the storm like vicky just said your foundation being dug deep in the rock yeah and it's not that kind of foundation it's a shaky foundation it's not something that's <clears throat> going to look incredibly different from the rest of the world right no it's going to look just like the rest of the world and that's another th concern i have for the message of jesus christ those who speak it if they don't have credibility of being different than the world, because Jesus said, be in the world, but not of the world. And you got to live here, but you want to look like a light on a hill. You want to mm -hmm. taste like salt in the earth. You want to be life's blood, the changing force in the earth. And I think that's my biggest concern is there's so many messages that say we need to look like them so they'll listen to us. Wow. Yeah. And, and it good. really is. I mean, it's it's constant. It's everywhere. We need to not be so standoffish, not be so different. And I think the real truth of the teachings of Jesus Love. is we need to be completely different and just make sure they know that our difference works and it will work for them. And we love and them. we will come to you as different people. We will we will serve. We will mm -hmm. take care of you. We will give you what you ask. And that's all, another another concern is that Christianity is not being taught as a giving model. Mm -hmm. It is not a servant role. It is a elitism role. It is a, I have arrived and you haven't. I believe and you don't. I'm God's favored and you're not. Yeah. And, and, and no one would ever say those words exactly like that. I'm talking about the impressions we give to look like the world. It's hard to tell the difference. I mean, so many of our statistics are the same now. <clears throat> you know, used to be that the Christians back, bragged about the divorce rate being so different amongst born-again Christians, and it just isn't anymore. And... That's just one thing, the pornography rate or the how many men are bound up in pornography or how many people within a church are having premarital sex or how many babies are born out of wedlock. It's just not much different anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, they're conceived and, you know, and, and it's just how many boyfriend, girlfriends, when they break up, they didn't have sex uh, in the church. I mean, met at church and it's it's just really rare and uh, it's really the numbers just seem to be more and more lined up. Whereas I think what God's calling us to do is be born again, made brand new and completely different. 
what we used to do wrong, we don't do anymore. And we don't do it because we love him and we want our actions to speak louder than our words. And I hope that was the answer and I didn't go on too long, but <laughs> no, yeah. it, it makes sense to me. Did you want to add anything about that? No, I, I agree. I'm, it's, it's the, um, <clears throat> you know, we are supposed to stand out as light on the hills hill. And we, if we're not, if we're just living in darkness, how do we stand out as light? And we are a peculiar race and you know, we are, we're just kind of like the reason I'm here is to make Jesus famous with my life mm-hmm. and my words if necessary. Yeah. But people should just, kind of see my life and say she's kind of weird you know she's going through this uh, tragedy kind of different than I've seen yeah, other with people joy. with joy you know mm-hmm. um <clears throat> because the truth has set me free it's Jesus Christ Jesus yeah. Christ is the answer to every calamity that befalls us because the rain's gonna fall yeah now you two are are super different you're like Steve you're very you're very black and white and, very, and pretty absolutely. pretty edgy right edgy and uh and Vicky Angular. you do your best to Take the edge off Correct. whenever possible, right? Correct. And so um, I see some of this like lowering the bar in in churches yeah. or watering down the message in an attempt to bring people in. Right. You love bringing people in, but you know you don't lower the bar. You don't water it down. Tell me how you do that. I think it's just the extrovert part of me. I'm also um, you know, a real feeler, mama. Excuse me, mama heart. Mm-hmm. And I've been around Steve long enough. Where I think a lot of him, his mess, the message, the angularness of the gospel, because it is very, very um, dark and light. <clears throat> yeah, it is so edgy itself. It's edgy itself, and and as you read Jesus in context, Matthew one, Matthew two, Matthew three, you look up at those scriptures and say, "What the Hank is going on? There yeah. is no, there is no excuse for what he's saying. There is no, I can't really water that down." Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I. I, I mama hearted a bit, but the truth is I have had the revelation of who Jesus is reading the words day in and day out, listening to the words, you know, because at the father's house, Steve has done the gospels for 21 years, one, two, three, four, just, um, yeah. and there's no, just, you cannot excuse it. You, when you cherry pick gospel, you can make say, make it say whatever you want and cherry pick is just take it out. And yeah, you know, um, make it so apply to you. yeah, I mean, even, even Steve sometimes like, I wish it didn't say that, you know, he, he's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Could, this, we, could we skip this? Can one, we please? skip this, uh, you know, torture. I've heard you and, say that a few times. Yeah. 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 So, um, I just, um, yeah, I think I'm angular when it comes to the gospel, but I just, with my personality, I could say it a little bit different and have a little more levity probably mm-hmm. in it than my husband, but you say know, the, the same thing. The risk. You water it down, the risk. risk. What's the risk? People go and, to hell. And people don't want to believe the risk because, I mean, it's right there in red letters in Revelation. There's risk that, you know, I will spew you out of my mouth. Oh, boy. I will, mm. I will, no, I will erase your name. Kind Take of. your I, lampstand. I will, you know, if you do these things, I won't erase your name. Yeah. So if you water it down and people find themselves in a lukewarm situation, I don't think that's a very good thing to be the one who watered it down. And I just think, for me, I don't really want to tell what you should do, although I have to. I'd really rather tell you you should read Jesus and let him tell you what Holy to Spirit. do. And I don't think anybody can read Jesus and not come away challenged. Like, whoa, I fall short. I need, yeah. I got some work to do. And I've been doing it for a long time, 45 years, and I'm still so infinitely challenged. I mean... Like, I want to reach for the bar. I want to race for the prize. I want to keep my eye on the upward call of God in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. I want to race to the finish line, man. I want to go. 
And, and that's because I read Jesus so consistently. And when I read Paul, Peter, James, them, Luke, I, I want to, I want to see what the, I want to see. How do you interpret Jesus? Good. I'm looking at not Paul or John or any of those guys are God to me. They're not. But how do they interpret Jesus? Yeah. Jesus is God to me. And so I think that's the what Vicky's talking about, you know, and it's her her ability to get them in and, and our our partnership is is extremely good and she always backs up the truth as I share it, you know. And she that's where she does not downplay, you know, whereas when it comes to food and and all the comfort things that hospitality brings, man, she's all over that. That's where she really wants to make it palatable for everyone. Yeah. Whereas I, whereas then when it comes to the truth, she wants to understand there's consequences to telling the mm. truth wrong, not as truth. You know, something that's not true. Anyway. And I just think for also, um, we take our we take our responsibility very 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 uh, seriously. seriously, sincerely, and um, we're leading people. And I, like I often say, if we're way too much like too holiness, you know, too much reading it, be literal, and we get to heaven and Jesus says, you know what, you could have loosened up the standard a bit. You you were fine. Yeah. You know, I still we're still gonna make it. However, if you interpret the scriptures wrong and just feel like because I got saved at 13 and lived like hell for, you know, 60 years and I get to heaven and I was wrong, I, I don't think that's a good place to be. I just think we, we win no matter what. We lived a great life. We've had a great marriage. Many people have come to Jesus. We've seen um, people's lives transformed. And um, we've read the Gospels and, and tried to live them out. So I think um, we're on the winning team no matter what, and I, that's where I want to be. I, yeah. don't, I never want to get to heaven and say, away from me, I never knew you. Ooh. That would just, you know, I, I, want to, I, want to re- I want to run the race, and it says no racer receives the award in the middle of the race. You get it when you finish the uh, finish line, when you cross the finish line, and that's what I want to make sure that I cross the finish line and take as many with me as I can. So I take it really seriously. That's right. That's great. And you're you're pretty edgy yourself. Like you're not afraid to tell people, "Hey, you need to be here. You need yeah, to do no. school. You need to listen yeah. to the podcast." So uh, I don't want to I don't want to sell you short. You're quite no. you're quite edgy yourself. Quite edgy. I'm you guys quite make edgy. Make a really good edgy. team. A little she chaos sometimes. She's never been called edgy. That's no, she my it. daughters do. You she do just, too. She's a. I think I use different terms. I think I use different terms. Edgy as in terms of a positive. She yeah. likes it. Yeah. Just, she just grew an inch and a half. Correct. Yeah. Edgy and negative when you're when fighting you is not like, a good yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm edgy. Steve tells yeah. me I'm edgy. Yeah. It probably would not go well. Yeah. So uh, I don't think I'd ever use that term. I have a whole bevy of other terms. Are you saying I should scoot back a little <laughs> no, bit? No, you're fine. Saying, yeah, you did positively. Drop the chulupa. No, he's fine. Moving on. He's fine. If you see me running out of shop video podcasters, that's why. Because I'm edgy. So we talked about one of the reasons why lives aren't as radically different in Christianity as the Bible says is is the way it's being presented. Yeah. But also sometimes the way it's being received, right? Like there's some confusion. There's lots of things out there uh, that say you live this way or do this. Um, talk about some of that. Well, I think that like all over the world, there's these ministry schools and you got young skulls full of mush, I guess, you know, <laughs> oh, young, boy. young, open people yep. going to these places. And so I know, I, I know from mine, they want Your to children. be told 
what it says. Yeah. They want to be told, really, how do you find out what it says? But most places are telling them what they think it says. And hardly ever is it God wants to change you completely. Loves you the mm. way you are, but loves you too much to leave you that way. Very few are really challenging them to be different or hear the Lord tell them what to do. Like when I was young, you know, I never heard the Lord's voice, but I really wanted to. And the first thing he ever said to me was, you don't need that anymore. I just met him on the 10th of March, somewhere around April, mid-April. We were swimming, so it might have been a little later than that even. I was sitting on the beach at 5% on Folsom Lake, and the Lord spoke to me and said, you don't need that anymore. And what it was was a joint, a pot, a Mm -hmm. pot cigarette. Marijuana. Marijuana. He said, you don't need that anymore. I'm enough for you. I never smoked it again. And then spoke to me about smoking cigarettes. You don't need that anymore. About drinking beer. You don't need that anymore. Cussing. I I asked him to heal me of cussing because I had no way to change that because I could never see it. Boom, gone. And it just was a... a born-again experience where he was willing to change whatever I was willing to surrender. It's good. And he was willing to let me know that I don't need those things, that he will be there for me and he'll be enough. And I don't think anybody's teaching that, and I am, we are, that if you don't like who you are, just submit yourself to God and begin to say, this is who I am, I would like to be different, and let him change you. And, and I remember someone telling me one time, he's not going to force you to change, but he is going to judge you when you get there. <laughs> Yeah. So it's. I think it's way better that you say, Lord, I, w- I want to be what you want me to be. Change me, mold me, lead me, guide me. Today we're so polarized by everything. We're so divided by everything. It's hard to get through sometimes. The minute you open your mouth, ah, judgment, all oh, religion, all oh, legalist. And it's like, well, have you read the Bible? It's got judgment, legalism, and religion all over it. And we don't want to be that way. But we want to do what Jesus says. Mm. And so if you're saying to do what Jesus isn't saying, or you're telling them to do something that's going to harm them, don't have a responsibility to then say, well, that's going to harm you. That's going to leave a red mark. That's love. That's going to hurt. Yeah. You really eventually, we have friends right now that are frustrated because all their friends are leaving Jesus. They're not even believing anymore after they graduated from ministry school. And it's like, you graduated from ministry school and then you don't believe anymore? Sad. What happened? Well, I think it's because somebody didn't tell them that there's a cost to count. Mm -hmm. There's a cost to be paid of life. I got to give my life to you to be used. I don't come to you to enhance my life. I come to you to give my life to you. And for me and Vicky, we can tell you our life was enhanced. Each of us separately and together, our life was enhanced. We almost pinch ourselves to see if it's real. The life, many times during our life, I can think of the many the many journeys that we've walked where we said, is this real? Are we in Kansas anymore? Is this heaven or Oroville? Is this heaven yeah. or Sacramento? Is this heaven or Spokane? And we just said, is, isn't it amazing to see God's hand just draw for us mm-hmm. our life? How did we get here? Well, remember we made this decision because we thought he told us and he, he blew this up. Look at, look at where we live in Oroville. I was moving to Oroville, and the place was burnt black and scarred, and I mean, it was horrible, and I bought it because I felt led to buy it. Mm-hmm. Now, look, now look at it. Yeah. My house burned down on it, but now, okay, look at that. Everything is like he drew the picture because we say, we are yours. Our life belongs to yours, not to enhance our life. We want to be used for your kingdom. And I think that's really the key. Why would I stop smoking? To be used for his kingdom. Why would I give up cussing? To be used for his kingdom to look like him in the world, to draw people to him. 
And in, in return, what has happened, not demanded, but has happened, and it's not even, we don't even require it for, to be his faithful servant, he draws a picture for us that always turns out to be something we look at and say, wow, this is amazing. Looking back on it. Yeah, we just sat outside on our deck last night and said, wow, we get to live here. Yeah. Well, he made that happen because we said, we'll change what you want. We'll live where you want. We'll go where you send us, come where you call us, do what you tell us to do. Just say yes. And of course, the church is in Southside for one reason. He told us to, mm-hmm. that we were pastoring a church for one reason. He told us to. He called us. We love the unlovable because we weren't loving the unlovable. And he said, hey, yeah, there's, there's one thing I'd like you to do better. That's love the unlovable. So we love the unlovable. He showed me in Toronto one day at a, in a conference that I wasn't raising up sons and daughters. I came home from that conference, shared it with Vicky, and said, this is what the Lord said. Because the church had failed. It had disappeared. It was down to what she says, 15. And I said, this is what he says, that we will always fail until we start raising up sons and daughters. And that's going to take a minute. You're not going to have success tomorrow. It's going to take a minute to get those sons and daughters raised, just like it does your, your, your own biological children. Yeah, you had does. them. <laughs> you didn't take them to the wedding on the second day of their life. It's good. You had to raise them to get them to their, their so purpose good. in life. And you're going to have to raise these guys to get them to their purpose in life. Well, today we sit around looking like we were just joking about the guy, Yost, sitting out there filming us that, you know, what a superstar. Well, we started treating him as a son and a daughter a few years back. It just takes a son, a Just probably. a son. I, we didn't treat him like a daughter. Like we treat sons and daughters. <laughs> there you oh, go. Okay. Yost Great. is definitely, Thank most you. definitely a man, and he's oh, single. Oh, yeah, don't make a misstep with these two. He's man. a single. It's amazing. little levity. Yeah. So we're edgy. I'm edgy right now. <laughs> yeah, you're edgy. No, because I'm telling the truth. No, okay. We'll anyway, post a picture of and, you know, So many yeah, sons and to. daughters around here, and every one of them <laughs> came to us, uh, and they needed something, and we loved them into it. I think, and they're, they're maybe they don't have it yet, but they're on their way to getting it, and it's a clear path to it. They see, they, you see the changes happening in them. They're, like ed, their edginess coming off, because you need you need to get rid of the bad edginess, yeah. and you need to embrace the Jesus good edginess, and that. You know, that's how life is lived for Jesus is he tells you to do something and you do it. And even if it's like, oh, my gosh, this is going to hurt. And then you go through it and you go, wow, that wasn't so bad. This turned out pretty good. Just like us sitting on our deck saying we get to live here. There's so many other places we have that feeling. Well, we just know even with, um, you know, our granddaughter passing six months ago and the knee buckling of that and the knee buckling of uh, our, you know, our beloved Jordy passing Mm -hmm. because this life is so temporary and we live it to make Jesus famous. And we are, you know, old enough to know that the rain comes, the hurricanes come that one day we'll, we'll see God's hand in these th- situations right. and we'll, we'll maybe understand, maybe not, but we know that he's real and he loves us and he cares for us. So, and we take his words literally. Well, I see a lot of the people that have come before me here in, in Oroville at the Father's House and School of Transformation. And there are a lot of people that with really crazy life-changing, yeah. like uh, I was this and now I'm this Correct. sort of testimonies. And and so that's why I'm asking myself, how how does that happen? And what I hear you guys saying is, is not not only were you unwilling to lower the bar for them, right? right? You, you raised it up high and, and taught them to reach for it, but you also removed the confusion because I... 
that's what I was thinking. Like, there's a lot of people that want to reach for a high bar, but they just don't even know what bar to reach it's for good. in Christianity these days because there's so much confusion of, yeah. well, do I go after this or do I go after this or do I go after that? Right. So good. Max, were you confused when you came here? Yeah, I think uh, for me, it was a little bit different because I, I gave a year's notice at my my uh, previous job at the camp because I'd spent nine years already building it up and I didn't want to leave it in shambles and just right. say like, all right, peace out. Um, so I gave a year's notice and I actually got a lot of the change just listening to uh, what was the podcast, which Were was you just confused your sermon. before you started uh, listening. I, I was. Yeah, I was confused. I think I, I knew something was missing, yeah. but I didn't know what it, what was. it was or and how I to didn't get, know where to, to point. get or right. how to grab a hold. Exactly. And uh, and it was like something changed in my thinking because I was I was pretty angry with uh, with mainstream Christianity because it was like man I'm reading the Bible and I'm going to church or I'm and you're giving your life away and th- things are just yeah. not the same yeah and we would get bits and pieces of that at, at summer camp where you have you know a hundred and something staff really giving their lives That's away right. for for eight weeks or for four months and kids coming you know, going away with incredible life change but I knew that was just a taste of it because. Mm-hmm. You can't do that all all year round. Um, the kids have to go back to their their homes, their real life, um, their dysfunctional <clears throat> homes sometimes. Right. Yeah. And um, the best we could do for them was just sort of um, wipe the rust off it's and good. and kind of give them another another right. shot at at uh, a mountaintop experience that would hopefully a bunch of those you know. But and has, so I the knew, con- has the confusion started to clear as the mist begun to clear at least to a, a light fog or anything yeah, yeah yeah for sure yeah it has so here at the here it's the biggest thing about confusion to me it's really hard to admit you're confused mm-hmm. it's really hard to even see that you're confused or even know and when someone tells you you um, my experience was i was praying about the book of acts church i had a passion to only build a book of acts church and it was not working out. And I just was crying out to the Lord, don't you want a book of Acts church? as much? You must want it more than I want it. And while I was praying that, asking him, what does it take for me to have any chance to ever see the move of the Holy Spirit in a way that the book of Acts church would operate? And he spoke to me and said, you're all confused. Yeah. Hmm. And I said, I mean, that's not I, I I wasn't like what's wrong with me. I was just saying, don't you want? And he said, You're all confused. And I argued with him. I didn't think I was confused. <laughs> you must mean everybody else, because I don't know that I'm confused. Oh boy. Yeah. And I said, so within minutes I said, Lord, how am I confused? You say I'm confused, I must be. How am I confused? What am I missing? And he said to me, You're trying to live two covenants That's as good. one covenant. And you just can't ever do that and have clarity and see in the spirit with clarity. And I said, but I've been preaching Jesus my whole life. What do I do? He said, preach only Jesus, but also read only Jesus until I tell you different. Now, I was just bought the book from Bill Johnson, you know, a Bill Johnson book, an early, probably his first book. And I wanted to read it because I liked Bill Johnson. He was here in this North Valley long before he ever became famous, right? Yeah. So I I wanted to read it, but the Lord really put, don't listen to anybody. Don't listen to sermons, which I was doing a lot of. Don't listen to sermons. Don't listen to, don't read books and read only Jesus until I tell you not to. 
Well, I did that for two years before he really released me to go read other things. And I have to tell you that I read I read a lot. That's probably the I read more then than I have in many, many years. And I just read Jesus and I preached Jesus and I dwelt on Jesus. And when I driving, all I would think of the things Jesus said, because that's all I was reading. And I have to tell you that it was so fast the confusion came off. I began to say what was killing our church, what, what, what builds our church, what will cause this team to come together better than ever, but like a spectacle in the world. What will cause this staff to become sons and daughters in a large family and be not hirelings who run when trouble comes, but who stand in the gap? See, one of the things about trouble, we've had lots of trouble lately with with fires and with death and with cancer and with, you know, just the saddest things that ever happened. We have seen that and we will see which hirelings run. Yeah. We will find out who we were successful as sons and daughters and who we mm-hmm. were not successful because the hireling will not stay in trouble when things like evil comes like COVID-19 or cancer comes or the world starts to criticize or loved ones start to die and pain starts to happen when discomfort uncomfortable things come the hireling runs and we don't see anyone running we see people binding together holding on to each other and that's what families do and they stand in the gap and it was so amazing that confusion went and we began to see what's really important in the world and we now everywhere we go talk about that raise up sons and daughters hardly anyone knows what that is and, and to me, I know exactly what that is, you know. Yeah. Be a father to all of them, and the, the, they will choose to be a son or a daughter to you. If you be a father to them, they will identify themselves by becoming sons and daughters to you. Yeah. And those that won't, won't. And you can't change that. There's nothing I can do about it except keep preaching, keep offering, and keep acting like a father, a man of authority who will protect you, lay your life down for you, cover you, provide a place for you. And teach them that God wants to be that father that's far greater than I am. Confusion just, I mean, it's shocking. I, I can tell you that Yos over here was one of the most confused religious people I've ever met. <laughs> and, Hi, and today, you he's know, single. Yos is one of the most trustworthy sons I have. Yeah. And he's not confused you know, at all. And there's many. I mean, I can just keep naming names all day. People you've interviewed, people that are in our podcast and our broadcast every night you know yeah. they just they have become sons and daughters because they they did it by choosing to make me their father and vicky their mother spiritual Leading fathers Jesus. and mothers and to do what we said like you do a real father like accept our provision and then last but not least work to make your father successful every one of them are trying to make me successful i never asked them to do that once that was the reaction of when they morphed into sons and daughters they decided to make their father famous. And what I direct that to is make our father in heaven famous. Yeah. Anyway, I hope I answered that I think correctly. I think um, you, you kind of left off a salient part of the story is when the Lord told us that we were confused, he also took us to scripture of the, the Mount of Transfiguration uh, where um, Jesus took two men up a hill, basically, or three men up a hill. Was it two or three? He took three of his disciples up a hill. And on the way up, they met Moses and Elijah. And uh, this was like the first sermon I preached on this listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus is one of our founding message points. And I've always said it, but this it became under this new revelation. So they said we should we should make three altars, one to Moses, one to Elijah, one to Jesus. 
And the father spoke out of a cloud and said, this is my son. Listen to him. And so that just came. That and, and then they were gone. And then the and others then were the all gone. Moses and Elijah were and gone. And only Jesus was standing That's alone. It's important. And so listen to Jesus. You know, the father keeps saying, listen to Jesus. And the Christian world is Doesn't really want to. wanting to listen to anything but Jesus. I mean, That's a, a, generalization. a portion yeah. of yeah. a great generalization, but it's but, really yeah. a lot of people just want to listen to nothing, anything but Jesus because it's all bless me stuff. It's all God's going to work for you stuff. It's good. And what Jesus is saying is you're going to work for him and you're going to be a son and a daughter and you're going to trust in him As and life father. is going to be good. But you're going to give your life to him and be forgiven. Yeah, talk about edgy. This race. edgy yeah. yeah, and that's the thing is, I think that's such a salient, um, pivotal point in our in our Christianity, is when he said you're confused, and then gave us that scripture about you know the law and the prophets, you know, because some lots of times you go uh, bounce back and forth between the old covenant and new covenant, and you read some. I was always perplexed by what Proverbs says, you know, about you know just money and life and success and children. And then you read Jesus and he just contra basically contradicts Direct that. contradictions. So yeah. it's like, I know that for, um, you know, we go to, we go to conferences and at 10 o'clock a speaker, incredible speaker says something and you're like, Oh, that's so good. And then by one o'clock they fly someone else in and he totally contradicts what the 10 o'clock I said. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, that's so good. But you're now you're confused. And then at seven o'clock there's someone else comes in and he contradicts both of them not on purpose but you're like oh that's so good and you feel like you're just i don't know what to do because i don't know which yeah. one to listen to because it's so confusing mm -hmm. so the message of jesus just reading jesus in context for me cleared up all those so when i when i go to a conference i could hear three different messages and go well what does jesus say yeah and it just walks clears it, it up. through walks yeah. it through and walks me through the conferences mm -hmm. so that's good so we're we're talking about life change what causes life change um, I was thinking of my first sermon that I heard you guys preach. Uh, when we came down for the, the wedding, wedding we came down for, we actually, I've told this story on the podcast, but in short form, we were planning to make the most of our time in California for this wedding. We were going to take Sunday. We we're flying out on Monday. We we're going to go see like that. Uh, a Red national Wood. park, Redwoods or something. Yeah. yeah. And it was raining. It was yep. the first Thank day of Jesus. rain. For Thank the you, Jesus. He played a trick on you. We came, I, I think we sat in the back row of the yep. church. And so after you danced your little legs off, I yeah, think, at we the danced at the wedding yeah, I and I circle. tore my pants a little bit. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I was, I was wedding, tired, huh? so we were that was a good wedding. Yeah. And what a marriage! Yeah. They're awesome. So we we came and you did preach on on living the covenants, and you talked about you talked about as a contractor, you know contracts, right? Yeah. And you got to fulfill. You write your name at the bottom of a contract. You got to fulfill Correct. it. Correct. And uh, and that just made so much sense to me. The the covenants as a contract. The covenant mm -hmm. is a contract that's been offered to you, and you receive it or you don't. Mm -hmm. You sign it with your life or you don't sign it with your life. But you can't have two contracts that totally contradict each other. So good. Yeah. What the the system the Jews were made to live under was with the very same God of the system we are made to live under, and He doesn't change. But the offer of a contract is totally different, and it's totally different. Um, they, you know, too, too much to describe in a short podcast, but what we've done in Christianity today is so dramatically tried to combine the two It's, and God is saying, you can't do that. I'm offering you a contract. They were required to give 10%. You are required to give all. 
they were required to live their life in the covenant of festivals and moons and days and 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 celebrations you are required to live your life marked by the blood of the lamb permanently every day your life every to be day being marked and given times. over it's good your mm-hmm. life is not your own it is bought with a price and that's different than theirs they were covered by god rescued by god commanded to serve and, and act but within their life they had they, they lived as a community they were told to protect their community we are told to lay our life down, to die for our community, to live for our community, for our, our family, our body, our vineyard. We are told to be surrendered 100% that all that we have belongs to him. They were told 10% belongs to the Lord, the rest belongs to you. It's complete contradiction. When we read the Book of Wisdom, the Solomon's writings, and then try to, like, I've been told point blank by a pastor that I need to quit preaching Jesus to start preaching the Proverbs. Oh, boy. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? Be saved through the Proverbs? Hmm. Isn't it proven already that man can't be saved by the Proverbs, but only through the blood of Jesus Christ and through the words? If you hear these sayings of mine and act upon them, well, then I need to preach Jesus so people can act upon them. And that's where confusion goes, really, it's mostly really from just act upon the words of Jesus. Yeah. And how can you act upon them if you don't know them? If you recoil from them because they're hard. They are hard. Because yeah. they don't they, <laughs> they don't offer you gut-wrenching. a tip throw to the through tip the tulips, you know. Through the tulips. A tiptoe through the tulips. Not they don't it's not life to. like that. It's for the apostles, it was being whipped. Huh. Potential of crucifixion. Prison. They, you know, Paul, Paul and Silas singing hymns and songs and spiritual songs after they've been flogged and thrown in a jail cell. Oh, boy. And there they are singing hymns and songs and spiritual songs. Why didn't the Holy Spirit save them? Because our covenant with God is that we endure infliction as a demonstration of our faith and of our love for him. The door opens. The jailer gets saved. The earthquake happens. You know, the whole thing. The jailer and his family get saved. I mean, the glory of God is so much different than the Jews who would go to the Israelis who would go to battle with sharp knives and spears and they would have not a single conflict, not a casualty casualty. I mean, that's amazing. The sign of their sin was that they would have a casualty. Hmm. We in Christianity are not promised no casualties. Wow. We are promised heaven forever, eternal life. Our casualties actually win. In the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, a leper touches you and you are unclean. You cannot approach God. In the New Covenant, you touch a leper and the leper's made clean. It's a completely different philosophy. It's a completely different outcome. They went to a temple to experience God in the Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, we are the temple of God. And, I, and it's so contradictively confusing that what Vicky said about a conference is not a made-up thing. That happened to us, and it happens constantly, where people amen opposite viewpoints, because and and they they're all amen. They can't be amen. One is true or the other, <laughs> and you can already see just from these very few examples in the old covenant, 
you were supposed to save for your children and you were a fool. you were a fool and you were a sluggard yep. if you did not pass down inheritance to your children. I don't want to be a sluggard. No, no. no sluggard. In the new covenant, you're not supposed to worry about what your children will eat, what they will drink, or where the they barns. will live. You're not supposed to plan for their future. In the new covenant, you are the temple of the living God. You're supposed to believe that God's temple will be taken care of by God and that you would never go hungry. You never have to worry about education or, or savings accounts or insurance accounts. You don't need any of that in the new covenant. Mm-hmm. And so that's where confusion is most commonly perpetuated is in the living of two covenants and trying to pick and choose. For me, let me just end my little statement here with this the way to follow jesus christ is to read the words of jesus and apply them to your life Mm -hmm. that's it it's as simple as that read jesus and apply them to your life and don't cut them out don't and then go and and when you've got that sufficiently foundationed in your life then read the rest of the bible to know who god is he said he never changes so you don't, you're not only, saying that the the whole Bible you believe is very valuable for correct. the purpose of knowing who God is. The new covenant is the only thing we read to see how we should react and how live. we should live and how we should love, how what we should resist, what we shouldn't resist. It's so clear there's a covenant. We read the apostles to tell us their version and the disciples, we read their version of their interpretation of what Jesus said so we get a good viewpoint we read revelation because jesus wrote that for us uh translated through john you know Mm -hmm. uh, what's that dictated to john we read the gospels because they are telling us what jesus taught and then our confusion will your confusion will dissipate your your plan god will give you a plan you will go out with no provision to do that plan and you will see it grow out of nothing you will see it grow yep i pressed on so many visions for so long and god always made them come true i think if you come to father's house you would really see that yeah yeah it's really we don't we don't really save a lot of money we don't wear and, house um, any. we just we just he tells us to go and we go we go believing he's he can provide if he said go yeah. so my money belongs to him your money belongs to him he gave you stewardship over a little bit he gave me stewardship over a little bit and then the church's money he put me in charge of that so uh, I'm going to be responsible. What did you do with your money? What you steward? Did you and did you bury it? Did you bury it and say, "Well, I don't want to lose it. It's God's money. I'm so harsh afraid." Master. Or did you go out and and return unto Him many talents? And you'll notice in all of those stories, they returned all to Him, not ten percent, not a portion. Well, that's good. Yeah. Not a, not an offering, not a kickdown, but it all belonged to Him, and they managed it for Him. It's good. Yeah, so to, to wrap it up, what I hear you guys saying is we started talking about life change and and we took off on confusion a little bit. But what I hear is when you when you become unconfused, when you start reading Jesus and living his covenant, that's the key to unlocking real life change. Total life change. It'll be automatic. It's like it's like sliding on ice. It's, it's whereas it was like pulling a rock up a hill. Once you do this, it's like sliding on ice. I'm actually having the opportunity of 
um, Zoom grouping some girls who have just kind of um, either reignited or come to Jesus through yeah. the podcast, and they're getting it. It's like is is you know this is kind of controversial, but is is Jesus's is eternal life is it conditional or unconditional? Mm-hmm. You know, is it do you just believe and you get to heaven? And they're getting it. So starting out right away with the people that are listening worldwide to different online um, sources, churches, it's just read the words of Jesus. It doesn't matter who you listen to. Read the words of Jesus. Study, show yourself approved. The confusion will gone, and that's how you should start your Christianity. Just reading the words of Jesus mm-hmm. and act upon them. Yeah, and it's also good, like for someone like myself who had been a Christian for years, and it's just like, I gotta get, I gotta get this right. You know, this, the stakes are way too high to not know what Jesus says and uh, and put them into practice. And who knows, you might end up in Oroville, which would be awesome. We'd love to see you. We'd love you to can, see you. You can meet Yos. Yeah, and, he's uh, single. <laughs> we've heard that one, yeah. He's, he's from the single, Netherlands. Ladies, he's cute. he's not desperate. Oh, boy. <laughs> and oh that's, boy. Uh, ironically, how we're going to end the show. <laughs> so thank you guys so he's much. He's single, for... and they all went, woo. <laughs> he's not desperate, they all went, oh. You're horrible. <laughs> all right, well, that one that one sort of <laughs> uh, right at the end there. Yos <laughs> <laughs> uh, is really, corner. really pink right now. He's right, bright yeah, red over there. Well, thank you guys so you much. Bet. Thank and, you, Max. Uh, We'll see you again next week. Have a great week. Hey, God bless you.